I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Rise Together. My name's Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're going to hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience. In all of it, we are trying our best in community to learn from each other, to grow, and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. When we do, we all rise together. I went through a box last weekend and I found the campaign flyers from my presidential run in college to be senior class president. Did you win? No, absolutely did not win. I've run for president twice, once senior in high school, once, uh, uh uh-oh, hold on, we've got a guest. Child, child. I I see a child. Come here, Jojo Siwa. I I ran twice. Oh, this is Noah Hollis. This is John Acuff. He's uh, very hey, famous Noah. and he's handsome. He looks like a, a child actor. I'm a uh, young 45 is what a lot of people say. Of course. Um, yeah. But I, I had a poster. It said better together. Uh, my son ultimately ended up running on the same campaign. He also lost. So there's something about better together that I'm just going to throw out as not being the, the slogan that you need. Nobody wants that. They want no like, money in the pocket. I yeah. will give you stuff. But the, uh, the way that I gave my speech, I made a paper mache student. It still will terrify your dreams if you saw it today. And I said, uh, the administrators are the puppet masters and we, the students, are being manipulated by their wanting us to do certain things. And if I'm president, I'll cut the strings and bring the power back to the people. Now, a just explosive response. Pepperdine University, a good Church of Christ university where nobody questions authority. The people who vote, those are responsible people who don't want anyone cutting strings from anywhere. The people that don't vote, that cheered, those are the ones that are like, yeah, we'll have a kager down at the beta house on Thursday night, it'll be amazing. So I lost in a landslide to a guy named Perry who I think is fantastic and I'm sure is doing very well in his life. Did you take any heat from the administration, like with your uh, raging oh, yeah. machine approach? Oh yeah. Don't don't think I didn't get put on this like very serious. We're watching you at all times kind of thing.
Next question. Would you be willing to go back a second or possibly even a third time to get a Costco sample if you knew they were judging you like a little bit? Like 100%. Not only would I, I have. I have no shame yeah. in the sample game. Because they're back. I, they're I, back. I, I, have, I have no shame in the sample game. If I've had a delicious like a uh, little mini pizza bite yeah. and I'm like two aisles away. I'll be like, oh, oh, hold on real quick. I think I saw something over here. I'm gonna go back and get me another pizza bite. And they're you like, you pretend Sir, you've never seen it before. Do you act nope, like- Nope, nope. I'm like, like You don't hey. go, oh, what is this new item? I've never had a pizza bite. Do you no, you know I become Shelly's best friend. Like, oh, yeah. Shelly, yeah. it's the big guy coming on back for another <laughs> pizza bite. <laughs> that is so funny. Dude, I- uh, I feel the same way. Like if I'm at Hertz, I'm trying to become that person's best friend because I feel like they got an upgrade somewhere. They got a slightly better upgrade that couple of jokes, couple of, Hey, what's going on in the Hertz counter? Like what I going to I, things over. I, I actually had a conversation one time when I was enjoying uh, a sample for like the third time where I was like, look, I will walk around this store and send people over to you. I'm going to help yeah. you sell all of these <laughs> delicious snacks but I'm gonna need a little something on the side. I'm gonna need you to keep on feeding the big guy because I am here for a while. We gotta get this, we gotta just keep it coming. Dude, you became a Costco affiliate. You were doing <laughs> affiliate marketing. Like you were like- Swipe I'm... up here for these pizza bites. Come on. Exactly, exactly. Big weekend, uh, coming off a big week. I don't know if you followed along in the old stories, but oh my, uh, we've had ourselves a week. Uh, Heidi and I just got back to our respective homes after having braved what I've described as a, an unlocked bonus level of a video game. We took eight human children to Disneyland on Wednesday. It was, uh, I mean, it was epic. It was fun, it was amazing. And it was also controlled chaos the entire time. But uh, man, we had a good time. We uh, are walking into a weekend where I'm gonna be doing my first triathlon tomorrow. So uh, brace yourselves for plenty of triathlon updates through the weekend, heading out to Burley, Idaho. Burley, Idaho, uh, later on today. And uh, I'm super, super excited about it. But I thought I would uh, just hang out, talk for a little bit, see how everybody's doing when uh, we went to Disneyland. So this was the attempt to end the summer. Kids are going back to school here pretty quick with something that would be fun in, uh, in some ways uh, a celebration of birthdays because Ford had a birthday on Tuesday of this week. My dad's birthday was on Wednesday. And so getting a chance to get back into California, hang out with the fam, celebrate Ford, absolutely 100%, it was fantastic. Uh, one of my favorite moments, I mean, there were so many favorite moments of Disneyland, but Ford had been talking for the entirety of the lead up to Disneyland that the one ride he really wanted to do was this ride called the Incredicoaster, Incredible Coaster. Anyway, it's that big one in California Adventure that has the loop. It has the loop. And, uh, and the thing is, like, you know, he just turned nine. So, like, it's one of these things where for him, it was going to be 
probably bigger than what he has normally said yes to, but he was excited about it. He'd watched some YouTube video about it. He was all in. So we just, he and I decided that we're gonna go on this ride. Uh, at the time, the older kids are off enjoying their own experience, which by the way, what an incredible thing to transition into age brackets where Jackson and Sawyer, Marley and Maddox could go experience the parks, fantastic. Ford and I, uh, along with Noah, Ruby, and Cash went rolling around having some fun uh, with Heidi and the younger kids were gonna go do something with her. Well, I was going to take Ford on this adventure. So we get to the line, it's like a 35 minute line. And for every minute or so inside the line, he's represented a little bit more anxiousness, right? Like he is excited, but that excitement is slowly giving way to being just like a little anxious. Of course he is, right? We're getting closer, it's getting more exciting, but also like, oh my goodness, I'm actually gonna have to sit in the chair of this roller coaster that's going to have to go upside down. I'm not sure if I can do it, right? And it turned into like this amazing and beautiful, like personal development conference kind of moment where we in real time got to kind of workshop the, you know, hey, if you put yourself into spaces where you're facing your fear with courage, it doesn't make the fear go away, but I bet on the other side of you deciding to do this, that you're gonna feel proud of yourself, that you're gonna feel like you can do, frankly, like whatever ends up being thrown your way. So we get to like the place where they are now assigning us the corral that we are supposed to stand inside of prior to a gate opening and us sitting down inside of said Incredicoaster. And we are the next people up and he takes three steps back and it's just like, I can't do it. I cannot do it, can't do it. And I was like, hey, I will support you. I will, I, I, I'm here for it, but also, I am positive that you can do it. And I know for sure that once you do, it will fundamentally change the way you think about your ability to do other things, right? So gate opens, I step into the coaster and he makes that choice that like every one of us has to make in our lives. Are we gonna step toward our fear? Are we gonna not step toward it? And he stepped right toward it, sat down in the chair, pulled the harness over the top of his body and was silent as you sometimes are when you are first facing your fear and that baby takes off super fast and we're like halfway through it and I can see the expression in real time going from oh my goodness uh, this is overwhelming I can't do it I'm scared I'm nervous I'm anxious too I can't believe I'm doing this I'm totally doing this I did it I am whatever and so we get off god we get off the ride and it was like one of those moments as a parent that you just dream about. You're like, he, he, we get off the ride and he said, I am so proud of myself. And I was like, yes, I am so proud of you. That is so fantastic. I love that you pushed yourself into a situation that you didn't necessarily know that you could handle, that in doing it, it reframed what you believe yourself to be capable of, that you have some pride for knowing that you did this hard thing. And we walked around like back to like meet up with the rest of the crew. It took us about like maybe 15 minutes to get back to the crew. And every minute of those 15 minutes, he had one of these moments where he looked at me and said, God, I feel so good, man. I feel so proud of myself. Jeez. I feel like I could literally do anything. He said the word literally 15 times. I think I could literally do anything. 
And what it reminds me of, because like here I am, packed bag behind me, I'm heading out to this triathlon, and I've talked a little bit about the reason why I think finding things that you can put yourself inside of that might challenge the way that you think that you can do something is the like number one best way to grow, to build confidence, to get a step closer to actualizing your full potential. And so like the, the question of like, can I do this thing I'm gonna go do this weekend? I think I can, but I also have never ever done it before. I feel pretty confident about the bike, very confident about the running, not very confident to be honest about the swimming, and yet I'm gonna go put myself inside this environment in the same way that running my first marathon felt or climbing a mountain felt or writing my first book felt or trying to date again felt or figuring out single parenting, which is woo, a thing in real time, right? All of those things were things that in those moments, I think I questioned and still intermittently have questions of my ability to do those things well. Random question, best present you ever received as a Disney corporate employee? So you already mentioned that they gave out Air Buds like candy. Um, if somebody missed a previous episode, Dave said they had a bowl of puppies in the lobby and you could just get a puppy when they were filming an Air Bud series. Um, that's how I interpreted it. Um, and by Air Bud 7, everyone in the office was just covered in puppies um, because, you know, I don't know how many it takes to film an Air Bud. I'm not, I'm not Scorsese. But what was your best gift? Like it's the end of the year. There's a basket. It's covered in cellophane. I'm assuming Mickey Mouse hands it to you. I've never worked there best thing through like wow we got a blank all right so there were plenty of those gift baskets the attempt from the movie theater executive to try and make the deal making the next time around better by having their ham sent over uh but really the best gifts almost every single time ended up being at the end of production on one of the big movies yeah. The producer the executive producer the director someone would take something and to this small group of people that had participated in watching early rounds of the film and giving notes or telling Steven Spielberg he sucks, for instance. It's uh. in the book. Yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. I didn't say he sucked. But um, those like, like getting a little piece of uh, like a prop that was on the set in oh. a little box, right? Like, so like uh -huh. I have a, I have a decent, I have a decent collection of, this jacket was only given to the crew of the Avengers, or this was a piece of something that was on the set of that Star Wars movie that was shot. And um, like I had a, a Dave Solo cast created, uh, like it looks like Han Solo, but it's Dave's head that was sent over from Kathy Kennedy, who it? it's, it's like that big. I'll, Where I'll break is it? I'll bring it to the next show. It's in my office. But like that as a gift, like for the rest of my life, it's amazing because it reminds me of the experience that was happening inside of that movie. But then also it's rare. Like there's, there were yeah. 25 of us that were participants inside of something that helped create a movie that people love, which is bananas. That's nuts, dude. You have the craziest stories. And when I try to stump you, you bust out that you have a Dave Solo cast of your head from the <laughs> Star Wars franchise. It's I'd a like everybody watching this right now, hit me with a heart if you too 
have a cast of your head that is in a Han Solo style that you receive while working for the Star Wars franchise, even though you don't even like Star Wars. That is- They still give me a gift. That's the, that's the, that's the crazy thing. What's the, what's like a motivational statement or something encouraging to you that you've heard in the last week, maybe month, like a phrase, I'll give you a starter one. Um, I was walking with Jeff Goins today, who's a friend of mine. I don't know if you know Jeff, super smart guy. Yeah. And we were talking about when you go through a difficult situation and you write about it and he said, and I don't know if he came up with this, but he's who I heard it from. He said, write from your scars, not your wounds. Like, make sure that you, you know, like you write from your scars, not your wounds. And I thought that was good. I think that's good for parenting. I think that as a parent, when you parent from your wounds, you create additional wounds. When you parent from your lessons and your scars, you create additional lessons and you're able to pass on the lesson of it versus the wound of it. What's something in the last month you thought, oh man, that was encouraging or that song or, you know, let's end, let's end people on a high note on a Friday. God, this is going to sound so weird, but this was, uh, Heidi and I talked about this for an hour yesterday. It's not, it, to me, it's like super motivational, but it's also kind of dark. So I'm just going to start right there. No, no, no disclaimers. I okay. just give it to the people. They can get okay. a full money refund on this entire show at any time. So there's a chapter in my book where I talk about and reference the speech that Steve Jobs gives at Stanford, where he's talking about the inevitability of death. And I've been, we had this like hour long conversation yesterday about how I, in like kind of doing an inventory of the last 18 months of life, have maybe been more appreciative of the reality that all of us are going to die. And that reality, not in a morbid way, is an empowering invitation to do anything you want, to try, to try things, to fail publicly, to not care literally at all about what anyone has to say about you trying to figure out your life or do something better because you're going to die. And, and when you're gone, there's going to be this window of time where people miss you and then it will not have matter. Like I, I, respectfully, <laughs> respectfully to your ego. And I'm saying this as much to myself yeah. as anyone, right? Eight months after I'm gone, eight months. And I'm, yeah. I'm amazing. Eight you're months after tall. I'm gone. No one is, to leave. no one's going to still be talking outside of like a very, very small group of my family. So like the idea that the people that might criticize my decision to try and do something or be something or is ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And so I've just been really connected to this like permission slip that comes in the inevit inevitability that we're all only walking on this planet for a limited number of days so go do it, go be it, go try it, go make a, a mess of yourself and learn from it and, and have permission and, and feel okay. It's just like, there's so much freedom in that. Well, my version of that, cause I agree with you. I think sometimes we get over obsessed with legacy as if 400 years from now, like people are gonna be like, oh, remember that book Dave wrote? Like, and my two thoughts on that are one, Eddie Murphy, they asked him about some of the movies he made that weren't good movies and he was like, What's funny is you think a hundred years from now, they're going to be talking about any of our movies. Like the most egotistical thing you can think is everything I'm doing will be talked about 200. I'm leaving a legacy. No, 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 no. The second thing I do with people to help them understand that is I'll say, what, what was your great grandfather's name? Like, what was his name? Hey, what did he do for a job? 
Like what, how much money did he make? How successful was he? And the app, nobody watching this right now can tell me the great grandfather's name, what he did for a job, how he met his wife, how much money he made, how big his platform or how like it like, and he's your great grandfather. You're physically related to him. So I agree with that. There is a freedom in going, no, this core circle, how you treat your kids, how you treat Heidi, how you treat the people you get to interact with, that's your legacy. The yeah. idea that 200 years from now, people are going to, I mean, I think the stat is something like, I mean, like think about books, like how many books, like the people are reading from, from a hundred years ago, they're like, man, this is still a really, like name the most popular book in, two, in 1921. You, you can't, nobody yeah. can. So yeah. I totally agree with that. So now with no shift whatsoever um, from serious to some would say silly, um, question two is, do you think we've gone too far with how much stuff we've put in Oreos? Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd say uh, I don't even know the like full breadth of what is I think it's mega. I think it ends at mega stuff. I think it go like we grew up in a double stuff world, you and I. That was a big yeah. deal. I mean, the rich kids had the double stuff. You, I had Hydrox because my dad worked in the ministry. I, and I had Hydrox Jesus, also. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Jesus can't afford name brand Oreos. Um, he wants you to have Hydrox cookies. Like, and the company was like, what should we name it? Let's name it sounding like something you clean your sink with. Yeah, Hydrox, why not? delicious. I mean, if you don't have enough shame from eating something that's not called Oreo already, we'll just make the yeah. name sound like you should feel bad about it. Exactly. So I think it goes regular, double stuff. And then I think there's a mega stuff um that's even past that but do you feel like there's going to be a time where we as a culture have to go you know what it's we have to pause this it's too much stuff here's the weird thing i am crunchy not squishy like in yeah. all ways and so uh the less stuff the better for me i mean i just like if there was like uh, half stuff like if there was a half <laughs> stuff oreo right <laughs> that's just called enough. a cracker that's called that's, a cracker what you're describing by the way that is the thing i'm into crackers not like if someone was like hey you know what i got a bunch of uh, grandma's cookies over at the old 7-eleven i'd be like throw them in the garbage because those are soft like not interested no, dude chips ahoy. I, I hated chips ahoy because it was so crunchy there's no i'm Chips Ahoy, no, no, no. Chips Ahoy is like on a spectrum. Chips Ahoy is the thing that like is my personal love language. I want to bite into something and have half of it on my shirt. Oh, okay, yeah. so that's, that gets me to my, my next question, which is a bonus question, because these conversations are planned and organic, like most of life. Bonus um, question. Crunchy or creamy peanut butter? I feel like I know the answer. Creamy. You just spent the last 30, like three minutes telling me how you love crunch. I know. But the thing is, when you bite into peanut butter, no one wants to have anything uh, like texturally I, added I to agree. it. I agree. It's like gravel. It's, it's gravel. No. Why, I, it, the, the thing is, like, I am always shocked because this is one of those, like, there are people who just love dark chocolate. And I'm like, were you raised in a home run by wolves? I don't understand. Like, why, why, why do you like dark chocolate? It doesn't make sense to me. You could always just have milk chocolate and be happy. Yeah. But the same Some thing Some people like here. life to be hard. They like Some people be hard. love crunchy peanut butter. And I just, I want to hug them and ask them who did it. Like, what was, yeah, what no. was the source of this pain?
are sometimes the days when I'd yeah. like to just shake the cage a little. It's the day that I throw out my uh, not liking Star Wars or Harry Potter books that I've never read, just to see if I can't make somebody angry to start a Friday. Yeah. This yeah. morning, my hot take is on pillows, as in yeah. throw pillows on a bed. How many do you have on your bed currently? Well, currently, one, two, three, four, five, there's five. Two big, five. two medium, one that is prickly and really irritates anyone who gets near it. How many are for fighting? Well, I mean, all of them are, none of them are, none of them are like, none of them are for anything. Let's be clear. Yeah. Like, are they yeah. for fighting? Maybe. Are Maybe. they for resting? Maybe. They're literally just there for looks. You're not supposed to touch them, though. You're not supposed to. The whole thing with throw pillows is if you lay your head on them for a second, somebody tells you that's not what that's for. And you go, it looks exactly like a pillow. I thought my head would go on it. And you're, you'll dent them. People get super furious. Like, pillow? People are so mad about dents. The crazy thing is, like, we were driving back from getting coffee this morning, and I asked Heidi, like, Heidi, do you think if – you get your bed halfway covered with throw pillows yeah. that you automatically get into heaven? Like, is that yeah. like a thing? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's a number that after which all of a sudden, my joke in the, in the post this morning was like, yeah. you live, laugh, and love better when yeah. you get a certain number of pillows You get driftwood. They send you a driftwood sign. Um, the pillow people send you a driftwood sign. And it's, what it says is um, my happy place. That's what oh, it yeah. says. And you hang it up. And like, I like when people go to places that are obviously gorgeous and they go, this is my happy place. And you're like, yeah, it's everybody's. Like if somebody goes, yeah, I just like Malibu. Yeah, everybody likes Malibu. Cause it's- There's something it's about the air in Hawaii. Yeah, there's something yeah. about the air in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Hawaii. I'm just a Kona person. I don't know how to explain it. I do. It's a volcanic island full of paradise. Like that's why you're not, you, like if you tell me you love Tulsa, if you're like Tulsa is my happy place, I'm like, uh, let me tell, tell me more. Have you been to Riverside? River, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you tell me Fresno is my happy place, I go, all right, I want to know more about why you love Fresno. That's, that's unique. That's interesting. If you tell me 30A or Hawaii, like, I'm not, I'm not here for that. But I, I think we have, we have uh, five on ours. We have a long one, um, and then we have, like, two other sets of them. Um, but yeah, so we have five, but not 10. I think it's Target. I think that when you go to Target for a single item, like you get to the register and a pillow has kind of crawled its way into your cart. Easily. Hey y'all, while I am taking a hiatus from social media, I'd still love to stay connected to you on the regular if you head over to MrDaveHollis.com, I have an opportunity for us to become one-way pen pals. Yep, I'm going to be sending out regular updates, uh, stories, uh, observations, hopefully things that will also make you laugh or think. Uh, and I'd love to be able to do that on the reg. So if you uh, are so inclined, hit MrDaveHollis.com, drop in your email, and buckle on up. I love y'all. Thank you for all the continued support. Let's go.